Well, hello there. Welcome to Cavalcade. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Two ducks, a horse, and an orangutan. And the other four letter words were taken. These aren't your cats. If I had to guess, I'd say two fingers. I can explain. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. You know what? comes to What does it take to change a life? These aren't your cats. Is this supposed to burn? Cavalcade is brought to you by Harbor Repertory Theater. My name is Keith Bridges. I'm the Artistic Director of Harbor Rep, and I want to thank you for listening. Cavalcade is sponsored in part by Sprayer's Ice Cream Shop in the heart of downtown. Forget chocolate and vanilla. Sprayer's has the flavors you won't find anywhere else. Flavors like Advil, Caesar Salad, and Flounder. Yum. Sprayer's. Unusually good. In the far reaches of northern Minnesota, a hardier breed of man abandons family and all responsibility to fish on a frozen lake hours on end. They are the ice holes. down here is that D8 caterpillar that Stuart Sutton just bought off auction down in International Falls. I'd like to see that. There's no way to get a machine that big down the landing. Jerry White has a tandem axle truck and a tandem axle trailer that will do it. Maybe we can just shovel faster. I could probably get a few more of the guys down here if we get something to make it worth their while. Oh, I've got part of a case of beer left. I've got some old hockey cards. Any good ones? See for yourself. Oh, these are all Maple Leafs players. Well, I like the Leafs. Got any granddaughters? We've got guns. And shovels. Beer works. Thanks for the help, guys. Anything for the cause, Lance. Once Lester, Emery, and Daryl finish coffee up at the bakery, they'll be down too. We all miss Joe something awful. May he rest in peace. His dying wish, I heard him say this myself, was for this ice wall to be built so tall and so thick that his children and grandchildren will never even meet a Canuck. For Joe! Joe! Oh. God damn it. Beth, we lost another one. He's still breathing. Avenge me! (laughs) 
Good afternoon, Ishqua. I'm Bert Cummins. Real exciting stuff in store today on Cummins and Goins. The Peterson girls are competing for ownership of their dead dad's bait shop in an all-day contest featuring feats of strength, frugality, and pain tolerance. Pat, Joe, Les, and Darlene will battle for control of their father's legacy by first competing in the feat of strength, a keg drain and hoist, wherein the competitors have five minutes to drink as much as they can from a full keg of beer, then hold it overhead. The last keg lofted wins. Judge Will Wilson, the executor of Joe's estate, will be officiating. Women, to your kegs. On my mark, you may begin tapping and drinking. After five minutes, you must hoist the keg overhead. Any questions before we begin? <laughs> Three, two, one, tap! Joe, Pat, and Les have formed a circle around a single keg. This might be a violation, but they're all drinking from one container. Darlene is furiously chugging, trying to keep up with her three-barrel-chested sister. Let's get a reaction from the crowd. What brings you out today, sir? When I heard young gals were going to be chugging beer and hoisting kegs at two in the afternoon, I dropped my shovel and came trotting up from the ice wall. Wouldn't miss it. Rest in peace, Joe. Rest in peace indeed. Chug, Darlene, chug. Do you have any favorites in this competition? My money for the drinking contest is on the gal with the neck tattoo. Strong vote of confidence for Pat Peterson. I think if it was a real contest, they'd be drinking Northeast instead of regular grain belt, but the gals are doing their best. Those are all women? Hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> We're here now with Judge Will Wilson. Quick checkup on the rules. It appears that the eldest Petersons are uniting to try to outdrink Darlene. What's your judgment on this? Well, frankly, that's just good strategy. Joe Peterson Jr. was never one to turn down any advantage he could get in life, whether it was siphoning gas from his neighbors who parked across the property line or that year he spent in a wheelchair collecting disability due to a self-inflicted hangnail. If the eldest Petersons choose to drink from the same keg, that's their right. However, only one will be able to hoist. So it appears that the older daughters will be choosing a team leader to support and work against Darlene. Home is where the fighting is. My brother tried to burn me to death in the hay barn in 43. <laughs> Lift your kegs in three, two, one, hoist. <clears throat> oh my, and with little to no effort whatsoever, Pat Peterson has hoisted her keg. Less incredibly has also hoisted a completely full keg. Joe has abandoned her keg and is currently spraying beer from Pat's keg into Pat's mouth. Will, ruling on this? If Joe was drinking the beer for Pat at this stage, I'd say it's cheating. But since Pat is drinking her own beer, I'll allow it. Darlene Peterson is looking remarkably strong, what with being a good 200 pounds lighter than her sister's and having to drink from her keg alone. But I can see flush in her cheeks and the wobble in her knees. That tells me this contest may be over soon. She won't be able to hold that cake for long. And that's it for Darlene Peterson. Oh! Pat Peterson is still holding her keg one-handed while her other hand points a single finger to the sky. Remarkable. She's telling old Joe Peterson Jr. that this one was for him. 
I'm number one, fuckers. That bait shop is mine. Pat, that was a strong performance. We still have two feats to go, though, and it's anyone's bait shop. But if you win, what do you plan to do with your prize? <sighs> Me, Les, and Joe the Third talked it over. When we defeat Darlene, we plan to have that shop bulldoze to the ground and sell off the empty lot. Bulldoze, bulldoze, bulldoze. Darlene Peterson, that was a rough start to what is sure to be a long and difficult day. It has fallen to you to preserve the town bait shop and your dead father's legacy. How do you plan to win the next two feats? Well, Blur, my sisters are giant warhogs who don't deserve dad's shop, who left town, left me alone to run things, and nobody needs them. <laughs> Next feat is frugality, and I'm counting on my sisters not knowing their numbers real good. Then it's pain tolerance. I'm the only one who's had kids or anything. So I think that plus if I stay as drunk as I am, now is pretty much in the bag for me. Now a word from our sponsors. People of Ishqua, friends, fellow citizens. Our town has a proud history of defeating danger and repelling outsiders. The first settlers ousted the Ojibwa back in 1798 and fought off effeminate English explorers, dirty French fur trappers, and let's not forget the Portuguese. In 1860, we sent 35 of our best men to fight for the Union and preserve these United States. Though they got confused somewhere around Gettysburg, Indiana, and ended up burning down a small refugee camp full of women, children, and the infirm, they did technically win the Battle of Other Gettysburg. We face a threat today like none before. Canadians. They live near us, imitating our speech and our customs, seeping across the border like maple syrup, and corrupting our children. Sure, they may have given us ice hockey and Michael J. Fox, but they killed Joe Peterson Jr. They have a sinister plan to make the United States more like Canada. Is that what you want? Less gun violence, cleaner air and water, longer life expectancy, universal health care, moose and beavers as pets. Only one thing can stem the tide of those goofy white walkers, the Joe Peterson Jr. Memorial Ice Wall. Donate your money, time, or children's labor to build the wall. I'm Mayor Lance Larson, and you bet your I approve this message. And next, the feat of frugality. In his entire life, Joe Peterson Jr. spent only $42,000, subsisting mainly off of the fish he caught and the deer he hunted. For their birthdays, his daughters received a single compliment and a firm handshake. When Mrs. Peterson died four years ago, Joe cremated her bit by bit in the family wood stove, cutting down on the heating bill. To emulate their dear departed father, the girls must now cater a dinner for all 85 members of the Elks Club with a budget of only 43 American U.S. dollars. The elder Peterson sisters have continued their united push in supporting Pat. They have just finished clearing the tables after serving a bear meat chili, it looks like, and Darlene is now bringing out her dish. Several large platters of breaded fried fish 
With her are locals Dale Thompson and Kurt Wood carrying out additional platters of fish. This is absolutely amazing. First, a review of the cuisine from the High Elk, Steve Gunderson. Steve laid on us. Well, those of us with dentures appreciated the long, slow simmer that the Elder Petersons put on that bear meat chili. Of course, we did have to pluck the occasional strand of bear fur out, and Emery Wilson found a claw, but otherwise not too shabby. It also paired well with the leftover Miller Lite from the feats of strength. Uh, I also had a Band-Aid in mine. Emery had a Band-Aid. And it wasn't mine. Not Emery's Band-Aid. And the chili was, you know, pretty greasy. The older members were scrambling for their depends. Not a lot of people love to pack spare britches. Oh, we always keep at least 25 on the premises, but we underestimated the need. Well, rumor has it the colon is a fickle organ. How about the fish? Not bad. Light, crisp, few bones. Uh, I found a tooth in mine, but come to think of it, it was my tooth. It was Emery's tooth, so can't mark it down for that. I would have appreciated if all of the fish had been walleye. I think there were some saugers and some crappies slipped in there. For the record, I did not promise an all-walleye fish fry. Seems like both meals did fulfill the requirements of being edible, and it looks like more than enough food to feed the 85 members of the elk, so both groups do meet the food requirements. And at this point, it's a numbers game. This broadcaster gives the edge to Darlene, who not only runs a functioning business, but was able to persist in her education past the fourth grade. How about that? Unlike Pat, Les, and Joe the Third. Treasurer Kinsley is punching away on the adding machine. It looks like this one will be close. Treasurer, lay it on us. Uh, carry the one. Seven minus nine. Shoot, can't do it. Far from the tens place. Come on, Kinsley. You can cut the tension in the room with a butter knife. For the fish, Darlene came in under budget. She used $17 worth of bait from the shop, $12 worth of cooking oil, and $9.83 worth of stale bread for crumbs. Total... $38.83. The fish, being caught, was free, and since she had the help of Dale and Kurt, legal and under the total possession limit. Thank you, Kinsley! The bear meat, like the fish, was also free, the older Petersons having dragged it from its den and strangling it with their bare hands. If they'd shot it, that would have been poaching, but I'd say this is a clear case of self-defense. It was coming straight for us. The dried beans, stock, chili pepper, and other various seasonings, as well as a sack of onions, came to just $34.24. However, the Band-Aids, though a first aid supply, were purchased with the contest funds and did technically season the meal, which puts the total at $44.26 and over the contest limit. It only counts if you actually ate the Band-Aid. Will? Did you eat the Band-Aid, Emery? Well, once it was in my throat, I tried to hack it up, but sometimes they just go down easier than they come up. I have swallowed enough Band-Aids in my life to know when it's a losing battle. He ate the Band-Aid, ladies and gentlemen. Darlene is the official winner. We are tied at one-to-one. -one. After a quick break, we'll be back with our final contest, The Feat of Pain Tolerance. Stay with us. Judy, did you hear the news? No, 
What happened, Sarah? Canadians murdered my Howard. So you're a widow now. Yup. Sure wish there'd been some sort of barrier in place to stop them. You just can't stop Canadians. Especially when the river is frozen, they just ice skate right over. I don't want my Roger to be next. Then you better help Mayor Lance build the wall. You betcha. Right after I finish making you a lasagna. Because that's what you do for your friends when Canadians murder their family members. At least it will last a while since you're all alone. Oh, probably five days at least. Donate your money, time, or children's labor to build the Joe Peterson Jr. Memorial Wall. Before Canadians get your Howard. I'm Mayor Lance Larson, and you bet your ass I approve this message. And we're back. The day's final contest will be the feat of pain tolerance. Joe Peterson Jr. was a firm believer that a true man must be able to endure withering levels of pointless and unnecessary pain. Each contestant will enter a large hole cut in the ice over Lake Ishqua. The last living contestant still in the icy pool will be the victor. This is the event I'm truly looking forward to as Peterson was well known to restrict access to winter clothing for his daughters, only giving them jackets and hats when the temperatures dip below zero, causing each of them to develop the stout, walrus-like physique the three oldest Peterson daughters are well known for. Joining us for the broadcast is local cold water expert, Dale Thompson. Dale. What can we expect from this cold water feat? Well, as you know, I've fallen into the lake three or four times per year ever since I first went in as an infant. One could even say I've been raised in these waters. I've been rewarmed at the emergency room more times than the rest of the town put together, so I know a thing or two about icy water. Mind sharing one or two of those things? Well, uh, first of all, it's cold. All right, and how cold are we talking here? The last time I went in, I had to tread water for eight minutes before I finally thought to pace my mittens to the ice and let them freeze so I could haul myself out. Uh, in those eight minutes, I permanently lost all feeling and function in my left testicle. Now, would that be your left or the uh, listener's left? Hard to predict which way they're facing at the moment, uh, but if the sun is on your left shoulder right now, uh, then it's your left. Ended up being a blessing in disguise, since it meant I didn't have to get that vasectomy that Jody's been after me for. Okay, so what are the odds that the exposure to this water will cause the Peterson daughters to likewise lose the ability to produce sperm? I'm not a doctor, but I have been reanimated by several of them, and I believe that's entirely possible. Now, what would you say is the key to winning this contest? It comes down to two things, the size of the person and the size of her heart for pumping blood more quickly? Not the literal size of her heart. I I mean, probably, uh, metaphorically, you know, uh, basically deciding that you're not going to die. So most people choose to freeze to death is what you're saying. Well, I, no, I, I, can't, I can't say for certain what causes one man to live and a, another to die out there. You just said it was the size of the person and the size of their heart. Yeah. I, 
that is the thing that I said, uh, and I stand I stand by it. The, the larger Peterson daughters will have the size advantage, being that they have a larger mass to generate heat and that layer of insulating blubber. Like a marine mammal. I wouldn't go comparing these girls to something cute like a seal or an otter or even a mustachioed walrus because we're going to have to set aside all human compassion and instinct to preserve life to watch these four women climb into this water and not help them at all. Okay, Dale, now how many people have you personally rescued? Not a one. I'm always on the other end of that, but uh, every time I do go in, everyone around rushes to help me. Uh, sometimes so quickly and without thinking that they break through the ice as well and become secondary victims. What advice would you have for would-be rescuers? Definitely risk it if it's me in there. Uh, my life is worth it. And for the girls going out into the lake today? Think warm thoughts. I, I have heard of Buddhist monks who can melt ice with their minds and dry damp sheets placed on their bodies. Don't they train for years to accomplish those sorts of feats? Yeah, but I'm sure if a guy knew the trick, he might be able to pull it off a lot faster. Do you think the Peterson daughters know that trick? How long do I have to talk to you about this for? Looks like they're ready to go in the water now. The elder Petersons are slapping themselves and each other across their faces and stomping their feet. And Darlene appears to be doing push-ups and jumping jacks. With her smaller size, I don't see how she stands much of a chance. But my hat is off to her for her bravery. She's a fighter, and we'll miss seeing her at the bait shop. Les Peterson appears to opt for the cannonball entry, launching a veritable wall of water over myself and Mr. Thompson. That's real ice water. No tricks today. The older Petersons appear to be bobbing contently in the lake, while Darlene is treading water actively, trying to stay as far out of the water as possible. Keeping the core warm is key. You can lose limbs, but not your core. I know whenever I go in, the cold water hitting my groin is the worst part, but Darlene's groin has definitely been through worse than this. I like her chances. I assume you're referring to the miracle of childbirth. A lot of kids came through there. A lot of kids. Les is out of the water. Joe the third is starting to shiver. I don't know that she'll last much longer. Usually when I start shaking like that, I've got about two minutes before I black out. Joe the third asking to be hauled out. Oh dear. They're gonna need a couple more guys. The Ishqua Savage football team is standing by in full padding, ready to pull once the fire department attaches the retrieval line. Darlene's looking pretty strong out there. She's got heart. Pat and Darlene are now the only Petersons left in the water. Whoever stays in the longest without dying will be the winner of the contest and control Peterson and Sons bait shop for life. At this point, they're going to want to avoid moving toward the light or heeding the voices of dead relatives who might be beckoning. I've seen the light many, many times, and you really do want to move away from it. Usually it's my Uncle Charlie asking me to come play catch, and I really don't want to tell him no, but I've got a wife and kids, you know? Rest in peace, Charlie. I'm just amazed, Dale. How is Darlene doing this? Sheer force of will would be my guess. That girl has a will as tough as her loins. 
Like, will the officiant is forcing her to stay in? No, the desire to survive. It takes a lot to kill a Peterson. I don't even know if another Peterson can do it. It's like an irresistible force has met an immovable object. The duel of the Petersons. This day will be remembered in town lore for decades to come. You will tell your grandkids, I heard it on AM radio. No, they won't. Nobody listens to AM radio. That hurts. Pat Peterson is raising her hands in victory. She thinks she's got this. No, wait. She's asking to be pulled free. Easier said than done. Pat Peterson is giving up. All Darlene needs to do now is to not be dead. She's not moving, Dale. I think she's just conserving her energy, though. Stay away from the light, Darlene. Darlene Peterson is moving. She is alive and the winner. Come on, buddy. Come on, Kurt. Come on. Give me a wiggle, a tug, something. <gasps> hey, you did it, you crazy sweet sickle. Darlene win? Thanks to you. Nobody had a clue you were under that ice. I'm... I'm just glad the garden hose we bought was long enough. If I, if I die, it was worth it, because for those five minutes, I was holding the love of my life. Yeah, I don't know if joining those two hoses together would have worked after all. Those things always leak a little. Then again, there's always plumber's tape. Guy needs to keep plumber's tape around for just this sort of thing. Hey, how you feeling? M my heart is warm, but I, I can't feel my testicles. Do you see a bright light? Yes. Oh, that's that's a door. How's our boy doing? <laughs> he can't feel his balls. <laughs> Been there. I'll call the hospital. My usual bed should be open. This was Ice Holes, the contest for the bait shop. Written by Zach Olson and Robert Burrill. With Robert Burrill, Zach Olson, Keith Bridges, Elise Cole, James Stanley, Raina Kay, Alex Stein, Rick Logan, and Brian Miller. Directed by Robert Burrill. Hi, I'm Bert Bliebel, Vice President of International Marketing for Cavalcade. Do you need to reach as many as 25 or 30 people with news of your product, service, or inflammatory political opinion? Then you should advertise on Cavalcade. We won't say no to any budget. We can't afford to. <laughs> Cavalcade, if you have a little to spend, we have nothing to lose. Cavalcade, people are listening by the pairs. each other? Yeah, I kind of thought we would. I did too. 
I think things have been going really well. There's just one little thing that I think we're going to have to address if we're going to keep going out. Okay. What is it? Your name. My name? Yes. <clears throat> it's Merrick. I know what my name is. I just don't see myself dating a Merrick. I could do Rick. That's not my name. Well, but it's half your name. I could also do Marion. I wouldn't be wild about it, but I could do Marion. But my name is Merrick. I know. It sounds like a town in Long Island. It is a town in Long Island. It's also my name. Well, see, what I would really like is if your name was Lorenzo. I could do me a Lorenzo. We would definitely be a thing if your name is Lorenzo. I'm not changing my name to Lorenzo. Can I just call you Lorenzo? No. Well, it's good that you stick up for what you believe in. It shows you have principles. Thank you. But we're through. Mary. Hi, Keith Bridges here again. Before we finish up, I wanted to ask, if you are willing and able, please help us out with a donation. Anything you can do will make a difference. Just go to cavalcadepodcast.com and click on the button that says, please support the show. Your support is what will keep the show going. Thanks a lot. Check, one, two. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm... Hey, you there. Who's there? Show yourself. I'm up here, watching through the cameras. I... I I'm... Supposed to be locked inside of your home like the rest of us. You're gonna be in big trouble if... I... I know. I know. What's your name? Why? Are you going to turn me in? I'm just... curious. It's Wren. Like the bird. Yours? <laughs> Oleander. Like the shrub, I guess. Not any old shrub. A shrub that buds beautiful and aromatic flowers. Toxic flowers you ought to stay away from. Beautiful nonetheless. Oleander is beautiful. But I bet your friends call you Ollie. Yeah, I think they would. Sorry to put you in this position, Ollie. May, may I call you Ollie? Of course. See, Ollie, it's just, I'm finally singing under the bandshell of the Hollywood Bowl. The same bandshell that housed fabulous operas and orchestras. The same bandshell blessed by Diana Ross's rendition of Amazing Grace. 
And it's the same Banshell I've sworn to protect. I'm, I'm not here to graffiti or vandalize. I'm here to reenact its sights and sounds in my mind. Well, then you'll have to come back. When... I can't come back. I... Never mind. You wouldn't get it. How could you possibly understand? Understand what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> try me. This is the moment I've been waiting for. This moment is quite possibly the only moment someone like me has of actually living something as grand as the Hollywood Bowl. By this moment, you mean this pandemic? I'm certainly not proud of it, but while everyone is forced to hole up inside... You find it's the perfect time to venture outside the confines of your shell. Why, yes. You find that it's the perfect time to finally experience everything you've only ever read about, to go all the places you've only ever imagined going to, to see and hear all of the sights and sounds you otherwise have to avoid. It's genius. You... how? See, Ren, I have a knockophobia, fear of... Large crowds. Me too. All I am is a remote security guard who doesn't leave the confines of his own shell. You don't venture out either. I did, long, long time ago. But even then, I behaved more like the flow of electrons, choosing the path of least social resistance. What changed? A flash mob popped up out of nowhere and swallowed me whole. No! How tragic. Ever since then, just the thought of going outside triggers my anaclophobia. Well, that is, until now. Maybe once the craziness is over, we could... Meet? Or not? Forgive my nod. Please take my silence as a most certainly. I'd most certainly try. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, do you know the song Amazing Grace? I do. This anaclophobe would be honored if you'd trade lines with her. And this anaclophobe would like that very much, so long as you start. I can arrange that. Lovely. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears Really? The Shell by Neil Patrick Peterson with Anastasia Ellis and Elliot Foster. Cavalcade is created by artists all over the U.S. and produced in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis-St. Paul by Harbor Repertory Theater. 
Harbor Rep is Mario Baldessari, Robert Burrill, Rachel Bridges, Patrick Coyle, Tiffa Foster, Raina Kay, Brian Miller, Zachary Olson, Neil Patrick Peterson, James Utt, and me, Keith Bridges. When you have a minute, visit our website at cavalcadepodcast.net. You can find out more about us, donate to support the show, subscribe or, I don't know, something. Or maybe just leave us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, thanks for listening. Thank you.